everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers. Welcome to episode 51 of the podcast. We've got two games and a, a movie. Movie. A movie for you this episode. But before we get to all that good stuff, I'm going to bang through the little our little corner of the internet. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, the normal stuff. We have, uh, let's see, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram we use for the normal social media things it's how you can keep up what's going on on the podcast i guess not the instagram so much it's more for pictures and other yeah. cool things that blake finds but the uh twitter and facebook are where i post the goings on of the podcast of when we record when we're going to post um we if we do something cool in a video game we sometimes post it to facebook when we when we remember we've we've, we've done that a couple of times but often we forget uh also we have uh, the Reddit. I mentioned it. We never use it, but it's there. And we have Discord, which is another way. I mean, you're on the internet. You know what Discord's for. We have a, a Discord page or server, I guess they call them. Uh, yeah, you can get on there and uh, chat with us or other people who are listening to the podcast about having different channels set up to do different things on there. Then we have, of course, the Patreon which I'm still figuring out and learning how to, how to do things properly on there. But we do have, you know, our two Patreons right now. I want to th- still thank um, both Brian and Garrett for continuing to support the podcast with money from your pockets. That's much appreciated. Much appreciated. For sure. And then, of course, we, uh, we keep promoting uh, Blake's story. You could find it on Amazon simply by searching... They come this night. It's the first thing that pops up when you search it. If you're if you're, if you're a Kindle Unlimited member, I guess it is. It's free. But if you want to support Blake, it's a purchase of ninety nine cents. Uh, like like anything on the internet, reviews do help. And I always tell people that if you listen to this podcast, or as I mentioned in a second, Blake's second podcast, uh, don't just go to that Amazon page and just give a good review because you like Blake and other stuff he does he he does prefer that you actually read the story and give an honest opinion he reads the reviews when, when there when there's new ones up there or I read them or I read them to him or I tell him they're up there and he goes and reads them after I see they're up there uh, as mentioned a second ago uh, Blake does have a second podcast started recently it's action the movie podcast a podcast basically started for uh, what you'll experience at the, at the end, of this, end of this episode, which is uh, Blake wanting to talk a lot about a movie, but trying really hard not to spoil a movie and sell you on a movie. So I thought we'd get another friend of ours to jump in with Blake and make a whole other podcast, a full spoiler podcast where they talk about, uh, they go back and forth with each other. They, they take turns each episode picking a movie and the other person 
they both watch the movie and they discuss it for the first time uh, on that podcast. Everything's real fresh and the, whatever thoughts are on their heads are popping out right then. Uh, I'm in the background of that podcast. I mostly just produce and edit that one, but I do give my uh, two cents here and there. But it is mostly a podcast for Blake and our friend Steve, uh, friend Steve of course. And uh, should have mentioned earlier, I do have the Spotify playlist, which is I won't add to this week. That is the all this music I've played on the podcast, all in one place. You can find that. Uh, you actually find links to all of this stuff at the bottom of the bottom of the show notes. I do link it after the internet. If you if you look at the show notes at all, you will find all of that there. You're here. You should be hearing. Uh, there's some music playing in the background now. I don't know whose who's music I chose to play for this particular episode. I like to rotate them out. So uh, whoever I'm playing will be in the show notes. You can always find the links to their pages if you like their music in the show notes. I do want to offer out there if, any, if there's any musicians that listen to the podcast and would like to make a, a music bed of the sorts you kind of hear on here. We prefer rock or something like that. It's something that's something that we can play kind of under this particular part. Or if you even have, play, want me to play a song just in general, I might, if you send it to me and I like it, I will play, I could play the song uh, at the end of, of a, maybe maybe end of a podcast, maybe a movie, the ends of a movie, because mm-hmm. I'll end the band podcast with bands. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know how to do that yet, because it's the first time I'm offering this, so I'll see if anybody writes in and has any music they like, but if anybody has a uh, music bed or even right now wants to or uh, will write a, a new music bed for us to use I'll put it in rotation and give you credit for it and stuff like that it'd be kind of cool I don't, I don't know if we have any musicians out there I'll be glad to have that and I think with that that's all of the internet stuff it's long winded that time but if it's long winded then the music bed plays longer so <laughs> you do listen here what you enjoy yeah, because I've had some, I have a, like I said before, one of Jessica's co-workers sent me some music, and we've had a couple of music beds where, like, music beds, a couple of intros that were a minute and a half or two minutes, usually yours, because you, you, you barrel through it faster than I do, yeah. and I was play. he has like a, a six-minute song he sent me, and I, I play a minute, minute and a half of his six-minute song, so now I'm rambling on, on a intro where I might not even use his, his, use his music, but anyway... That's all the internet stuff. All the links to that are always in the show notes. Please go there and follow us on all those things. And as I'm wrapping the, wrapping this up, I, I forgot to mention our Twitch channel. So obviously, you know you know what Twitch is. Twitch is where me and Blake go and we we stream video games, and y'all can come hang out. And it's a, usually it's a it's an easy preview for something we may or may not do uh, on the podcast. We've done some things on there. And we probably won't do on the podcast. We may do an episode. It might not be a bad idea to do an episode on like a bunch of co-op things that we don't really particularly want to talk about, but maybe share a couple of experiences. Yeah, we got a few. So maybe something like something like that. Uh, but anyway, if you want to hang out with us on those, I always post again on the Facebooks and Twitter that we are going to stream. If you just follow us on Patreon, Patreon on Twitch, you will uh, get notified when we go live, like you do with any other Twitch people you follow. And now, I think that's it, and I will let Blake take over with our first game of the evening. Hey everybody, uh, as you said earlier, welcome to episode 51. 
uh, our first game we're going to be talking about is uh, it's actually fairly new, and I think it did it launch on Game Pass. Was it on PC first? Probably? I think it was on PC. Yeah, I bet you I bet it was on PC first and came to Game Pass. Uh, but the game we'll be talking about today is called Bug Fables. It originally came out on Windows in November 21st, 2019, and then it hit everywhere else May 28th, 2020. So it's it's fairly new. Mm-hmm. And we got to play it on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So that's I think it's still on Game Pass as of this recording. But it launched on, I think it launched, it said it came out in May 2020, but didn't it, like it launched on Xbox on Game Pass. It hit other consoles first. Windows first, but then I think it launched everywhere at the same time. But it, we, they just happened to put it together. You mean game. May 2021? No, May 28th, 2020. It just hit Game Pass. Oh, so maybe it didn't launch on Game Pass, and maybe it's been out for some time. Oh, everybody was super excited when it hit Game Pass. Man, what do I know? <laughs> mm, maybe maybe we, I, we played it on Game Pass. Maybe I read it wrong. So the developers, the wow, the developers of this game are called. Moon Sprout Games, and they're a Panamian. Uh, I think I said that right. They're from uh, Panama, and it, it seems, I th- as far as I could tell, it's it's hard for these smaller studios. It uh, it's just two people, as far as I could tell, that did everything. Really? Mm-hmm. And this is the first game that they've put out thus far, and unfortunately, that's really all I have. To talk about the because it was just so small, I couldn't That's find it. Basically, it's the first first game. It's really all they've done. There's mm-hmm. no history on the two. I couldn't find it. Way too small. Just okay. the, you know, they got their start. You know, working on the uh, school website and this, that, and the other. But it wasn't anything. You know, it was just experience. There wasn't anything worth talking about. No offense to their achievements to whatever they did, but it, it was just experience, and it didn't have anything to, to do towards gaming, as far as I could tell. Hmm. Okay. Now. This game was uh, kickstart, not kickstarted. It was um, crowdfunded? crowdfunded. Yeah, with uh, Indiegogo. Okay. Uh, their original goal was twenty thousand dollars. They got six hundred and twenty-seven backers, and managed to break to uh, twenty-five thousand. So they made their goal and then a little extra. Hmm. And so, this is a uh, well, what do you call it? like a. It's a turn-based RPG, right? Yeah. The easiest way to describe it, and it's how everybody describes it, and it's clearly what it was going after. It's a Paper Mario-esque RPG. It's uh, It wears its influence on its shoulder, on its sleeve. On its face. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's very... Everybody's been calling this the Paper Mario sequel that everybody's been asking for for a lot since GameCube, the uh, since the Thousand Year Door mm-hmm. on GameCube. Because Paper Mario, after a Thousand Year Door, it went on this weird. It's been all. It's been all kind. They've been doing everything but our, everything they can do but RPGs. It seems because that's where it got its start. And that's where it got like. Yeah, it's everything. Even the new Origami King is people barely even you can't even probably call it an RPG. I still understand why people have such a. 
I get they try to want to make it more widespread, but if you're making a game for the people who love the game, why would you change the core game mechanic? No idea. That's like going. We knew that was all wrong. We played it. We played the one on the Wii Super Paper Mario, mm-hmm. and just turned it into a two D platformer. Yeah, it was. It's just like, what is this? It was the weirdest turn it took, and I think the, there might have been one other Paper Mario thing, and then eventually Origami King, which everybody was excited for, and it, which I think it's kind of hit or miss for people who like it or not. We haven't we haven't played it yet, but um, it's buried in our game fly somewhere. But it it was people. It kind of looked like an RPG at first, and people started playing it, and they're like, it's really not an, not an RPG at all. Yeah. Anyway. So if, if you don't know anything about Paper Mario, it's a, uh, what do you call them? They're, it's, how would you describe that? It's just cutouts that flip-flop, right? Yeah, it's just paper. Yeah, that's the graphic style. Yeah. It looks like it's made of paper. Yeah, it's pretty, it's cute, I guess. And so in Bug Fables, instead of playing as, you know, Mario, Mario, however you want to pronounce his name, you play as a series of bugs not you play as a series of bugs. You play as three bugs in particular, rather, mm-hmm. in a an, an ant, an ever expanding ant kingdom, and its uh, surrounding area, country. Well, I say country. It's an ant hill, so the countryside's like. Yeah, it's the only other ever the three characters you play as. We should lead this by saying we both. We'll get into the why we both did stop playing this game. I did. We get into we ain't gonna get into why now, but as we, we as we get we, we'll get on over to it. Because the game starts, and you you you're fairly quickly introduced to your three main characters, which are Cabu. I think he's a, a horned beetle. Then you have Vi, who's a little bumblebee, and then you get Leaf, who's a a moth. I think he's a particular type of moth, but I don't know that in particular. He's just a moth, and that. Each of them has a exploratory ability as well as combat abilities, so they can mm-hmm. use different things, you know, either or. Uh, Cabu seems to be your main character. He's the uh, green horn beetle, and he kind of starts the game off trying to join the, uh, what do you call it, the Exploration Guild, the Adventurers Guild of the Ant Kingdom. I mean, the game just starts right there without yeah, any kind of kinda... like, preamble to just starts with the two characters arguing. Which the game, uh, I know the two developers, but the game desperately needs voice acting and doesn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> it, I would have enjoyed it more, but then I'm pretty sure I probably still would have quit it. Based... There's reasons why we quit. I keep saying it, we'll get to it in a minute, but those reasons would have still been there with or without voice acting. Like I said, basically the main character you have is Cabu, the green horn beetle, and he has a uh, like a, a headbutting horn slash mm-hmm. and he can he'll cut grass and I think he'll cut vines or something else and it reveals secrets and items behind everything. Yeah. And then your second character, Vi, who is the little bumblebee, she has a boomerang. Yeah. It's funny you say uh, she because I did not find out it was a girl for a long time. I'm, Somebody finally said she in some dialogue, and I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure you find out early on that it's a girl. Uh, there was no whatever he, she, or whatever stuff in the beginning, so I had no idea. I, I remember being like at a certain point when they're, talk, when they're talking or somebody's talking about her, they said she or her, and I was like, okay, because there's no voice acting, and there's no, like, the B doesn't look feminine. No, yeah, they, they, they. Some of them do. Some of the the praemantis and stuff like that do look very 
feminine, but uh, it is kind of strange. Like, what do you call it? Not economically, ecologically or animalistically, that for her to be a girl. Because the only female bees, my understanding, are queens. queens. So it was strange. It was strange. No, I was about, well, that wasn't, I wasn't even thinking that, thinking about that, honestly. But it is, it just was strange. Uh, that I just had no, no, no clue at all. And she, uh, her exploratory ability, uh, which can also be both of them, uh, as well as leaves, uh, they can be used outside of combat to uh, like hit an enemy and stun them, and you can get like advantageous, like you, hit, you get to hit twice in a row or something when you attack them. It's hard, so hard. The only person I could do it with was with Vi. Stunned the boomerang. It's the only way I could do it because I would hit him, go and edit, and then coming back, and as it came back, I'd be running towards him and I'd get him. Yeah, the That's reaction, the, only... the reaction time on the other guy. What's his name? Cabu. Cabu. The little horn, because the same thing you used to cut grass. His little headbutt thing could hit and hit enemies. I maybe did. I maybe pulled it off three times. I ran around mostly with. I would do the switching. I would use uh, Vi and hit him and start running towards him and switch before I got to him. And hopefully have Cabu going first. So complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And then Leaf's uh, big final exploratory thing is he slings ice. And Fre- he freezes, freezes water. Freezes water, which uh, you use a lot in the opening dungeon. There's like dripping water from well, the... Well, where you get him. So yeah. that's the whole point of you get him and you for freeze a bunch of stuff. And you're kind of given a lot... A, it wasn't even handholding. It was just like, hey, now you do this. Now you do this. Now you do this. It was shoving a lot on you at once, for, especially for an opening dungeon. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, so, is that, so as I said earlier, cause we, didn't, we didn't play the entire game. You I know, played through, I think I beat well, two. Saying, is, that, is that all the only three characters in the game? There's not a, like a rotating cast or anything? As far as okay, I can so tell, no. Only, and for my so other we got further. all the characters, at least. I played enough to get all, see all the characters. Um, which the third character, he's all... Am, or is, he, is he has amnesia or he's he's like amnesia slash being groggy because he was like stuck or frozen. Yeah, we probably figured, we probably forgot what happened to him. He seems like he's out of out of time somewhere. He's like because uh, he recognizes the area, but everything's different. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the mystery would uh, start re- unveiling itself the further you got into it. Mm-hmm. But again, the, is these guys his first game, and I don't want to poo on him too much, but. I don't think it's their fault that I I didn't like the game. I think it's the... Yeah. Uh, we can get into it now. The, the combat system is the main reason uh, we didn't we didn't like this game. It's caused me to uh, quit other games. An, another game coming up on the podcast we will mention later, not in this episode. Um, it shares a battle system. Well, mainly it's, it's the Paper Mario battle system. Yeah. Which we don't, uh, I don't particularly like. Some people love it. I think, like, you saw some Reddit, some Reddit threads where people were kind of like not, not, not enjoying it. But I think that was, was that the Bug Fables threads? Was that the, the other game I don't want to mention? I right think now? it was Bug Fable. Well, it was so, it was a mix. People were like praising it as one of the next great things, and other people were like, this is horrible. The timing is difficult. The, yeah. So, what do you normally do? Like, it's, it's, it's taken directly from Paper Mario. Is it every single, uh, character when you attack there's a some sort of timing or some sort of a, annoying gimmick you have to do to and get to get the most out of your attack and it is different for each character every character is different all the timings are different and 
and there's there's a flip side to it too. But you have to be doing it to be constantly hitting the bright button all the right time for all the right characters and stuff. And it's I I I don't I didn't like that part at all. And the flip side of that I, I feel like is even worse is that when enemies attack you, you have to hit hit a button to defend yourself. And if you're not constantly defending every attack, you get absolutely slaughtered. Not only that is getting a perfect. Because yeah. you can mess up and guard too soon, and then it's like you didn't even guard. Not, and if you mess up the guard, it's not like you can let go of the button and try again. You it's get one, one shot and one done. Chance. Yeah. And some people love, will absolutely swear by this combat system. It's folks I don't know I don't know that just can't they can't cope with a regular turn based game where you just pick your attacks. I'm I love turn based combat more than any other kind of RPG combats. All RPGs get way too freaking busy. I think we have a gamefly episode coming up where Blake's going to talk about a turn based. If it's high enough on the list, mm-hmm. Blake might be talking about an RPG where the combat was way too freaking busy. Yeah, my hub HUD was way too busy. It was it gave me a headache just looking at it. But this is just you can't. It's not. It's not a sit back and enjoy kind of thing. You're got to constantly be attentive. Some people love that. Like, oh, it's challenging. Like, oh, it's it's got you got to stay on your toes. And it's just like. I, I just think, like Blake said, it's not the developer's fault. There's a uh, 100% this this game type, this RPG type, and this combat type. People love. Is, people love, but it's just not for us. And we'll say we won't do it next episode, but maybe episode after. There's another RPG recently that we quit that has the exact same battle system. And uh, what are some more recent ones that people might be able to associate with besides Paper Mario that has like a... Uh, that I know of, um, I don't know if the second game did it because I haven't played it yet, but the South Park Stick of Truth. Yeah. Which I actually beat that game because it actually wasn't as difficult, but the South Park Stick of Truth, because it was a, more, a little more lenient. Yeah. South Park Stick of Truth has the exact same combat system. Every attack you do, every button you do, you got to rotate a stick or press a button and block and everything. It's just so involved all the time. I just want to, sometimes I just want to hit, I want to play an RPG, certain RPGs, you know, I just want to hit a button and watch cool stuff happen. I don't want to have to be Trying or, to guess the timing of, and not, and not even really. Um, before, uh, you know, I'll get people get get crazy if I don't mention it. Probably true, like real gamers, I guess. But even, I mean, even maybe a year ago when it launched on the Nintendo Switch Online, when they put the Super Nintendo on there, mm-hmm. they put Super Mario in the Legend of the Seven Stars, the Super Mario RPG. Yeah, and it pretty much is what it kind of invented that combat system. I absolutely I, I quit I quit I quit that game I thought now as an adult like oh I'm gonna play Mario RPG and like it's 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 legendary everybody loves it it's developed by Square you know and everybody loves Mario RPG it's the the gold standard of whatever RPGs whatever and I couldn't just could not stand it yeah. and it and the timing on that was worse on a Super Nintendo we probably be like oh you just ain't trying hard enough and oh it just it wasn't fun I got sick of doing it, and I just couldn't handle it no more. And same same way, well, I don't know how I got all the way through South Park because South Park was actually just easier, or had yeah. di- or had difficulty settings. Mario games you just play, and it, yeah. Bug Fables you just Bug Fables had a hard mode. Yeah, which I tried for some reason because you're a maniac, I guess. But um, it's just it's just not fun, and that, there's other things too. But I think the main thing was just like it wasn't. There was no wiggle room. Like, yeah. If you were not defending yourself, like I t- t- tell you, I was 
two or three fights in where I was like, oh, I'm granted almost from the get-go when I figured out what the battle system was. Now, I kind of knew. I was, I was trying to give the game a fair chance. When people say Paper Mario, I was like, okay, I know what the battle system is. Maybe I can, maybe the game's cool enough. I can do, I can deal with it this time. Like walking through the first area and I missed a few defends and both of, both of my characters are nearly dead. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just there's no there's no chance in hell I play this game all the way through. Not when I'm walking through the first area. You can people can say I suck and whatever whatever. I don't I don't care at all. If I have to if I'm struggling, especially in a game that's like cute and kitty and whimsical like Bug Fables, if I'm like and I have to like have perfect defense to survive the first fights. Yeah. It's just like you're at, and, and then they oh, just heal your stuff. You got healing items. It's like yeah, but I, item inventory is insanely limited. Insanely limited, and you require they're expensive to buy. In in the first dungeon, you don't have access to buy items in the yeah, first dungeon. You find a couple of healing items and stuff, but their inventory is so so limited. I think it's like seven items or something. And crap. then you get like to what he was going to say, um, level like getting experience and leveling up. And leveling up doesn't do anything. Well, leveling up does one of three things. You can increase your health by one point, I think it was. One point for everybody, because everything you did was for everybody. So you had a choice of health, which everybody got one extra point of health, or TP, which is your magic, your magic, your technical points or whatever. Everybody shared a level, by the way. Yeah, and everybody shared the same. Everyone had their own separate HP bar, but they all shared the same MP bar. Yeah, which was, I think, minuscule. Could be wrong. How that could be how. I've actually played Mario RPG way more recently than I played Mario Paper Mario. So that that's how pretty sure it's how Mario RPG handled the same way. You share a pool of magic points. Mm. If you're going to do that, at least make it a a slight bit more than you had, because you had like seven. Amongst yeah. three people, and you're like each... base, your base skills cost like four or five. Yeah, it's like what? <laughs> it's just. Uh... And then on top of that, the last thing you could do. This is where the game kind of gets. People seem to really enjoy and get real more technical. Is it almost became a um, like a card based thing, not because of combat, but because you get metal points, and you can equip different metals, and the a lot of. I looked up online, I figured out what would be the easiest way to play the game, and a lot of people talked about literally not leveling up anything except for the metal points. Because the metal points, eventually you would get, as you play through the game, you'd eventually get all these different kinds of metals, and some affected uh, one character, some affected the whole party. Like, uh, uh, not a great example, but quote-unquote hard mode Mm -hmm. for... Bug Fables was just like the was it had had a name it was like the hard mode metal it cool, yeah it just made the game so there was no option you just equip this you equip this metal and it made the game it made the enemy stronger and if you didn't like it you can unequip it yeah so I played I played on hard mode for the first little all the way up to the first boss and I beat the first boss I struggled but I beat the first boss on hard yeah the spider yeah and after I did that I was just kind of like. This is really difficult, and I decided I bumped it down to easy. And I was like, you know, I've struggled with it on hard. Maybe with it being on easy, I'll have a more fun time. Because also, when you play on hard, you got more experience for your combat. So I was technically on a higher level than I should have been. So the game should have been easier, except for your levels don't do anything. Like I said, they give you the metal points or the HP or this, but they, you don't get stat boosts. You don't get weapons. 
and it was like I play RPGs because I, I like going to new towns. I like getting new weapons. I like getting new armor, and this didn't do any of that for me. I th- again, some of that might lead back to expectations, not even expectations, or just preference and stuff. Like we kind of maybe kind of would know know that this game isn't going to do that at all. So this isn't like, ooh, I feel like playing an RPG with weapons and magic and stuff. I'm not going to turn on Bug Fables if that's what I'm craving. But uh, South Park did that. South Park, you got armor and you got equipment and you got everything. Well, they wanted. That's because those guys are like, aren't they big D and D nerds? Like that was the yeah. whole whole point of that game. You know, Trey Parker, Matt Stone are huge D and D dudes. That's what they wanted in that game. I, I, I assume. I don't know why they. Who, I'm not going to get too deep into that. I don't know why they chose the Paper Mario battle system for South Park, and I don't know the battle system because you know they they made a second game, and they're rumored to be making a third game right now. Hmm, that's dope. Yeah. But anyway, but the, the, that weapons and armor and stuff and all that funny, cool stuff was in there because of who they, what, how they wanted to make their game. Mm. But yeah. still, and I was, I was immediately rubbed wrong. Not immediately, but I, it was rough. Well, the thing that I'm actually, I'll, I'll get I to. You, I think you were more, you're a, a tad more lenient with this battle, with this battle system than I am. I was trying to enjoy it. I was, I was, I was going to be trying so hard to like it. I, I was trying really hard to like it, and because I I like the art style, and I didn't hate the characters, and I was just I wasn't terribly attached to none of the characters, and the writing wasn't. Everybody talked about the, how charming the writing is, and blah blah blah. I, I, read, I read a bunch of Reddit threads, and just, I mean, I always read about I'm I'm always reading about video games all the time, and um, you think maybe you overhyped it in your head by accident. No, I knew what kind of game it was. I just didn't. I thought maybe it was a modern, a modern take on that style, and things certain things would be different in, in a way that would make it make me like it. Yeah. But I didn't really care for. Um, I didn't care for the bug aesthetic. It didn't do anything for me. Uh, the the writing had didn't do anything for me. The writing of the characters, their personalities, yeah. and stuff. I feel young. Nothing now. was nothing was like sticking. Like I was just like, okay, I kind of. I think I even told you the night the night that I quit playing. I was like, the story's not doing it. The characters aren't doing it. Obviously, I hate the com. I, I happily hate the combat. Like I hate the combat. So I was like, I, I think it's like I'm gonna probably gonna quit. You know, quit quit this now before I get any further. I'm just gonna move on. Move on. You and know, then I think the, I I played it either that night or the following night, and I literally got into combat with a brand new enemy type. Mm-hmm. And I found myself in a no-win scenario. <laughs> I had to like run away and revive my character. Yeah. But I literally got into a fight where it was impossible for me to win. Because the game does that thing where you have land enemies and flying enemies. Oh, man, I hated that. And only one, only one of your characters can hit flying enemies to knock them down. It somehow, it somehow made that extremely obnoxious. When I'm pretty sure like Final Fantasy X did that like 25 years ago, and I didn't hate it the way Final Fantasy X. Because Final Fantasy X has dramatically better combat than this game. Oh yeah. But like the way like I think you had to use uh, Waka to hit flying enemies and stuff like that or far away things and um, but he was powerful enough to actually kill things. It seemed I don't know something about it. When I found out I had to knock things out of the air or he had to like knock that bug over to hurt it, I was just like. Cool, another step to combat. That I don't want. A whole nother step to combat. Like, I just don't. 
it was in too much too quick. Like, this is all like literally in the first dungeon. A lot of the stuff's in the first map and the first dungeon and stuff like that. I mean, maybe all this sounds great to y'all. Whoever you know, listening and loves these RPGs and loves Paper Mario. Maybe this all this sounds incredible. I can't wait to play Bug Fables. Like all oh, the strategizing you have to do and everything and the constant attention. That's not for me. Yeah. It, I was, I guess, fated to not enjoy this game because I already didn't like anything about its core mechanic, which is the combat. Yeah. But I, I wanted to give it a shot. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you something. Mean, you know, maybe you disagree, but did, did, did you actually like the characters or the story that was getting told? No, because they, they were hinting at like mysteries and stuff, but they were so unvague. About like the mystery, like heavy-handed, maybe. Oh yeah, they're like, oh no, this person might be evil. Oh the really? Game... The dark-colored character with the mysterious mask is gonna be evil? Hmm. Okay. The game seems written for five-year-olds, but I don't know a five-year-old that could understand the combat maybe well enough to even get through the game. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. They were maybe I'm, maybe I'm underestimating the modern five-year-old, but like, I don't know. I've seen some of them. <laughs> But the other thing is maybe they were trying to appeal to a sense of nostalgia. Like make it look older. So you kind of just, oh, this kind of, it's to immediately remind you of Paper Mario and give you that that stronger. Yeah, that's what they were going for. Exactly. No doubt that's what they were going for. Well, yeah, but they were. There's yeah. another game. I don't know if we'll ever play it. No, I probably shouldn't because of the combat. There's another game uh, called Another Crusade. I keep getting. Because we've we've uh, give to a couple of campaigns for other games. Mm-hmm. I won't really, I don't want to talk about it right now because we, we don't actually have the games in hand that are successful Kickstarters anyway. When you do that, you get emails about, about other games. The, over, that and the, the some have been sharing on RPG pages. The the developer of the is trying to you know share his Kickstarter page. But another crusade not only not only is inspired by Mario RPG and the like. It actually has like kind of kind of looks like Mario RPG and the like. So I know what they're going for. But that's like, a, but to me, that I might try because it looks like a, a little knight dude, like like a little knight running around. I mean, it has be, the same combat systems. I'm like, why why would I try this again? Getting sidetracked, but I'll people try. keep making these games in that combat style. And I think maybe they did with the nostalgia, probably. And I'll try them. I'll keep because I like RPGs. I'll keep even. Well, I tried we, another one right after. I mean, right, we'll say we'll talk about it in a few episodes. I literally, you know, granted, the next that next game which. I keep, I know I'm hinting and being mysterious, but whatever. I didn't even know that game had that combat system. I was so sideswiped. When it happened, that game started it, and the first in the first fight, and I told Blake I did the on the very first fight, and it, and it, I realized that was the combat system. I'm I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna quit this game. Mm-hmm. As soon as I literally like that's, that's another thing. I was just like, I can't. I, there's no way I'm gonna. There's no way I'm gonna get away through this game. There's just there's old groups of folks now that won't play an RPG if it, if it ain't action button mashing and stuff like that, or people who just won't. So everybody has their different tastes in games and stuff like that. But I found the the RP, the, the turn based RPG type that I cannot stand for nothing. Well, I, f- I do find people online talking about turn based combats are so boring. You hit the button and you wait. You hit the button and you wait. It's fine. Just all you gotta do is go. I don't know. Those kind of folks. I said it's the same folks, and we're not complaining like that. But it's the same folks. There's a difference in a person who wants to strategize and plan their attacks and understand. That person understands the reason the game is designed that way. Yeah. Opposed to the person who doesn't understand that when all they want to do is run it, run into an area and just mash on the attack button. 
it's two different kinds of people and they make RPGs for both those kinds of people. Now, I do want to say something. I wouldn't mind it. Because I, I, I played a game recently, which we'll probably talk about at a later, a later date. I'll say the name of it just so people can like look it up. But it's called Eichenfell. Mm-hmm. And it has a similar uh, battle system with the, the pressing buttons whenever you do an attack or whatever. And when, whenever you have to defend. But it did it the smart way. It had an option in the menu that said turn on or turn off of button pressing. And then if you turned it on, it had a second feature that said, do you want to get okays every time or do you want to get perfects every time? Mm-hmm. And I was like, shoot, give me perfects every time. That's uh, what, what that is. Uh, I, I don't know if you know the, the name, what, what they call that kind of stuff. That's pretty, it's, getting, it's getting pretty more and more common. Um, it's the accessibility. That's just, like, the, the big no, I'll call it a trigger word right now in the gaming industry is accessibility. It starts with Souls games, stuff like that. Should Souls games have an easy mode and stuff like that? I'm fine with it. You know, it's whatever. There's a, there's um. We may or may not talk. We may or may not talk about it. Well, we will. There's no chance we won't. Uh, Hades just hit Game Pass. Hades is doing extremely well. Everybody in the world loves Hades. Now, <laughs> Hades is from the developer of is Supergiant. Super massive. Sorry, our dog is snoring. It's the developer of Bastion and all, all the like. Bastion and if you remember on a on a past past podcast, I'm the I'm the one guy in the world who hated Bastion. But anyway, Hades is getting some. Not only the game that everybody loves it anyway, but Hades is also getting praise for its accessibility because it they, apparently people have has said Hades is kind of hard sometimes. But Hades will has a God mode where you just turn it on and you just keep playing the game. And the game there's no there's no, I think you even still get achievements and stuff because like they, they the developer wants you to see the story. They want people all they the want way as, through as many people as possible to play their game and and enjoy their enjoy game. Enjoy it, you know, because you know not everybody has time to struggle with a game for you know hundred hours, whatever, however long Hades takes to get through and get good at it. Get good. I said before on a podcast, I'll take an easy way out for a game that it, that's like a mediocre game, a mediocre game that I want to get through. I'll take the easy way out, oh, yeah. or if there's some way to make it more enjoyable than it is without, or if I want something hard or something that's hard in the right way. There's a big we got we're getting way off track on this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> there's a big difference in hard in a good way and hard in a bad way. But I will like if we've played and beat every Souls game we've done it, except for, well Sekiro doesn't count. It's not really a Souls game. I haven't even, have even played Sekiro, but all the other Souls games we've we've Malia and Blake have played through and beat. With no, there's no, there's no, you can't cheat in a Souls game. Not, not well. I mean, you can cheat, but well, you could before the servers where they patched them up and stuff like that. But anyway, if you want a hard game, we'll play a hard game. If other if other games have better ways to play them or maybe easier ways to play and that make me enjoy it more, I'm gonna play that way. Yeah. And when I play, I haven't played I Can Fell yet. When I play I Can Fell. I'm turning perfect on immediately because I do not want to hit buttons in that game. No. I want to see whatever story that game has. And Blake already knows I'm, I'm behind. I need to play that game so I can be on the podcast. But then uh, as, a, as a side note, re- re- recently on Game Pass was uh, Bloodroots also has a has – a, I think it has accessibility in the, in the, in the thing. It's accessibility and has a, has a God mode, uh, which some would argue completely negates that game's experience because that's a – Getting way too way so far, but Bloodroots has a, it's a one hit kill. You enemies kill you one hit, and you kill enemies in one hit. Being invincible in Bloodroot takes away the entire experience. But if you want to get through the entire game and see it all, I guess you would turn on invincibility. Yeah. 
I guess, which I haven't, I've played Bloodroots without it so far. Of course, Bloodroots is so stressful that I haven't, I haven't turned it back on a second time. So we'll see. Yeah. But anyway, Bug Fables doesn't have any accessibility things. It's just, it is what it is. And that's, I don't know, it's strange for, not actually, it's not strange for a modern game not, not, to, not to have it because accessibility options are new. Yeah, brand spanking. It's just now a thing that's happening in the industry. So it's very, I mean, they could always patch it in later. They might not bother at all if nobody's complaining. You never know. The industry's always changing. That's it. You know why You know why I quit the game and why I never never have no intention of going back to it. Um, I did like the combat. The art was, the art and the story and the characters passed me by. I can't remember, I can't, I could even tell you without Blake. Tell me their name. I couldn't tell you uh, their names. Only because I wrote them down prior. If I hadn't wrote them down, I wouldn't be able to remember yeah. them because they're pointless to me. <clears throat> so that's all I've really got for Bug Fables. I don't regret uh, quitting it. I haven't um, thought about it until now uh, because I have no reason to think about it. We always had this thing sometimes when it comes to a video game. If, say, in Bug Fables, Bug Fables was one, and I had another one not too long ago, a game that we have, because th- there's so many games in the world and we have a podcast about video games. It's good for us to go through a bunch of games. We like to complete games that makes for a better podcast, give or take, maybe. Mm-hmm. But we have it if we like, work out with Gamefly games. We'll play a Gamefly game, and it goes one or two or three days after your initial play, your initial your initial night with the game, and you haven't had any any itch or any inkling or any thought to going back to that game. It may be best not to. Just yeah. move on, move on, move on to the next thing. We have infinite games to play. Oh yeah, and it grows every day. And it grows every day. Our Game Pass adds games every day. Our GameFly stuff. We add, I add games to our GameFly every week, probably. And it's so we we had this little thing, and it's just this is how we how we play games. And we had that thing we talked about before. Like I'll play something, or Blake will play something, and we get to a point where like you tell the we tell the other one like don't even turn this on. Yeah. Like we'll get to it later, but the the other RPG I was talking about that I played that I quit immediately, I quit the first or second night I played. Wait, you played like two the or first three night, hours. a couple hours, and I told Blake right after I was like, "Don't even, don't even turn it on. There's just there's no point." Like he saw, we'll, 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 that's a different episode. But anyway, I don't lost my thought because I'm rambling about things that get get on my nerves. I guess. Yeah. That's all I got for Buck Fables. What what. Anything else you got? We can move on to a a game we both both actually played all the way through. Uh yeah, I don't really have anything much else. Like I'm not pooing on it. It's just my not my sort of game. Yeah, you haven't played Mario RPG or anything like that. Like, I'm you, aware of them. And you're stuff aware like of that. it. You played South Park years before I did, probably when it first came out. Well, South Park. I remember playing. What do you call that game? Uh, Mario and Luigi All Stars. Oh, yeah, you played combat, that. Had, like the, the, had the same combat system, yeah, or something like that. I remember playing that. I again never beat it, but I do remember playing it just because yeah. it just gets too difficult. Yeah, far as too much perfection, and I don't pay that much attention. I'm just like I'm gonna hit A and you know let me, the enemy take the turn or whatever. But it, yeah, gotcha. So, Buff Fables is not for us. Maybe it's for you. It's on Game Pass. I don't know. Who knows? For who, now, who, for now, who knows for how long? All right. That's all I've got. Blake, you want to lead on with our next game, which actually, which is actually, we'll say, a, a game fly game that we both beat, played all the way through. Our second game is called Close to the Sun.
It was uh, originally came out May 2nd, 2019, uh, and it's since then been put on, I think, everything? No, did we play this on PlayStation or Xbox? This is Xbox. Okay, so I think it's on everything then. I, I had a hard time remembering. Yeah. But I think it's available on everything, and I think it's probably about to be on, available for Switch here soon. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. So it's developed by Storm in a Teacup. <laughs> this is the name of their studio. I like when they try to be different. Yeah. And not like Game Studio. The Game Studio. Or, you know, they try to be at least a little, have a little fun, a little, be a little clever. Yeah. Too bad you can't get any, like, kind of. Too bad it's, it's, like, nearly impossible to hear any, uh, to, uh, how much Googling it would take to find the meaning behind any, any one developer's name of their studio. You know, why it's called a certain thing. Unless you, unless you found something in particular, but. Yeah, so this company is uh, Italian, and it's between 18 and 20 people. I couldn't find an exact number because it said they had a couple of interns that kind of float around, so it's kind of hard to... Yeah, yeah interns work there, but in interns seem to... You know you know what an intern is. They kind of rotate out pretty often. So yeah. it was 10 to 18 to 20 people, which is a good solid number for an indie studio. Yep. And they made four games thus far this one uh, close to the sun then they made a uh, it was called lantern a vr experience i didn't really i don't know uh, what must have been on because the only thing we have is a psvr so is there any is it ever make is it only on like oculus and i think it's like oculus and vive um, and yeah like those like the mobile the bigger ones mm -hmm. then there was something called inky e-n-k-i inky inky but uh, one of them we actually did play oh really yeah uh, Nero, never, nothing ever remains obscure or something like that. It's a walking simulator, but like, if it's the one I think it is, I should have looked into it more. But I can't really. Oh, it's weird. We play, play a game for a, another game. This is pre. This is before podcast. Game. Yeah, but it was that when where you like started out as a little kid, but then you turned into like a tree spirit, and you're kind of just walking along this uh, really luscious, fantastically colored uh, landscape. If I showed you a picture of it, you'd recognize exactly what I was talking about. That's an early Xbox One game, wasn't it? Was that a... a, a I think it was PS4. Nero. N-E-R-O. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. We had a, and it was a walking had a, had a, had a, simulator. Had an old game, yeah. We, we, we play a lot of walking simulators. We haven't covered one on the podcast in a while. No. Well, we can probably... I mean, if we, we haven't really played any ones lately. Yeah. 
I mean, close to the sun's about as close as we've gotten to but a walking simulator. But it's still pretty interactive. Yeah. Anyway. So, we'll get to the uh, sort of meat of the things. The uh, It is a... It's a first-person puzzler horror game. There's I a guess, lot of... I guess it's supposed to be scary. It's, it's atmospherically scary, probably, but there's not really... Like, there are, what do you call, uh, chase sequences. Yeah. But... You're initially chased by a dude with a knife. It's not very... I mean, we're, of course, we're desensitized. How do you say that word? Desensitized. Desensitized. I'm getting chased by dudes with knives. It doesn't really scare me that much, especially when it's, it's kind of... You're kind of given a path to run on because the game's kind of kind of linear in a way. If you run the path, you make it. If you don't run the right way, you don't make it. And you, and you start over again. But then you're chased by some monster thingies, which, again, aren't very... It's a similar thing with, like... Story... Wise, what they are, I think I think I remember what they were was kind of cool. Yeah, pretty cool. But actually. them chasing you, I mean, it's really just like you're kind of just like running towards the goal, and then if you get caught, you just rerun towards the goal. I thought the general maybe walking around and the sounds and stuff. It was very um, well. I would like to say it was very Bioshocky, but it didn't really give me Bioshock vibes. Even though you're on a you're in on a thing in the water. You're just not dealing with water all that much, so it's I don't know, and some things don't give me like. It's strange to think that, like I said a while back on another episode, that like uh, on the Bendy episode where Bendy, mm-hmm. the developers clearly had Bioshock influence, but Bendy, you're just inside this building in a studio kind of place, and Bendy actually gives me more uh, Bioshock vibes than this game does, and this game is actually based. Like an a nautical kind of place, kind of nautically themed, kind of like Bioshock is. That's weird how a developer can maybe have influence. Pull that, or how a developer can pull that off in a different way. You know what I mean? How it's weird that Bendy feels more Bioshocky than to me than Close to the Sun does. Yeah, isn't that strange? Or is, that, is that is that just me? I guess that's my own experience. That's kind of interesting that I think about it. That because Bendy is not a Bioshock thing. It's just. Even then, it was more Bioshock early on, like the yeah. first little bit. And this this definitely has 100% uh, Bioshock influences. Yeah, yeah. But it's also, well, the, the, the big difference, non-combat. There's no combat you, at all. You didn't battle anything. You, there was creatures and stuff out to get you, but you ran. Yeah. There was no combat. In Bendy, there was combat. So L- I could see loose. why. It Not was loose combat. But yeah. I could see why you would think. I think. The feel and the look, maybe I say look, but it's a it's a feeling that I can't explain. That I when, when I when I was really playing Bendy back then, I was just like, these people loved Bioshock. This developer loved Bioshock. You know what I mean? Definitely. Anyway, and they do you want to kind of get into? Well, the art style was realistic, right? It was yeah. This was, was I don't think it was stylized. Was like, how many people? You only see like two or three. Okay. It was going for realistic people, but they were kind of stylized in a way. What was the time? Did you have the time period written down? It was nine. Oh, not nineteen. Eighteen ninety-seven. That's all. It was just eighteen ninety-seven. So kind of all the all the technology and the way everything looks is kind of a period of that period. And we'll start it off. Uh, it's a fictionalized version of eighteen ninety-seven. I'll go ahead and just so you're aware, because the majority, no, the entire game. Starts with you landing 
on the boat, or no, you get into a. You're on a boat, which is weird. You're on, you're on a a uh, in 1897 on a on a autopiloted boat going through this. Uh, what's the other thing called? Well, you go into the main ship, mm-hmm. which is called the the Helios. Helios, which is the. I'm pretty sure it's the Grecian god of the sun. He's the sun titan, Helios. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Greek. Which is on purpose. It's obviously yeah. it's named like that on purpose. And you're on the ship, as you find out very early on in the prologue, so it's just, this isn't a spoiler, but it's the ship uh, designed by Tesla to be put in international waters so that they don't have any laws restrictions on them about performing science experiments. Yeah. An awful lot like Rapture yeah. at yeah. the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. But slightly more real, you know, more feasible. Let's just make a boat instead well, the of an, si- the size of the ship. I don't know, probably is not as feasible. I mean, yeah. more feasible. Building a big boat's more feasible than building an underwater city. I get, I get that. And like we said, the game starts. It's very. It does have the very rapturous feel because you're coming in after the big scare. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, you get there kind of like. There's no way we're going to avoid Bioshock references. Yeah. You get there like and you get raptured. Everybody's everybody's dead. There's blood everywhere. There's even this room you go into. There's bodies all over the place. And there's this like a there's a cool thing where you, there's like flies buzzing. And if you walk through the room, your character kind of like she uh, she yeah. fans the you even say who we're playing as, but she fans yeah. the tries to fan the flies away from her face. Since because the whole point of the game, the whole point of the the story is you play Rose Archer. Mm-hmm. And you're you've received a letter from your sister Ada, who is a an acclaimed scientist on the Helios, handpicked by Tesla himself. So, you know she's like uber smart. Mm-hmm. And so she sent you a letter, saying, "I need you to come here to help me solve this thing, mm-hmm. this uh this mystery, this thing that's going on. I need you here." And she's like, "And you know, I think they're estranged anyway, because I think her smarts." Because I think, I think I know because I played the game, but Rose is a, an investigative journalist. Yeah. While Ada is a uber smart scientist, but that caused them to have different, you, you know what I mean? Just different things. Like she follows with her brain, while Rose followed with her gut, her gut instinct. So she's like, this feels wrong, as opposed to, you know, breaking things down. She would just go with her feeling, and you know, mm-hmm. emotion versus logic gets, and you know, that's it, a fairly common mechanic yeah. that happens in a lot of storytellings. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, so, are you that disinterested in what I have to say? <laughs> no, but, no, you're, no you're, you're explaining the characters. It's fine. Yeah, I agree with you. And like, there are a few parts that like made me kind of like but you jump. Don't, you don't even really see your sister for a long time. You spend, you spend most of the game along. Yeah, we, it, but it does the uh, the Bioshock thing where you communicate with people via a headset or right, via right. this weird radio, this weird radio thing. Your sister leaves you. Leaves you. It's a weird like ear. It, it's it's a Bluetooth headphone, but it's like three times bigger than it needs to be, and it's got a bunch of antenna <laughs> that yeah. you somehow just slide on the side of your face. And she talks. Your sister talks to you when she needs to. Uh, I think Tesla bothers you sometimes through it. And there's somebody. And there's that other guy. Aubrey. Yeah. Aubrey and his best friend Benny. I would say, I'm not gonna spoil any of the, the cool story moments. There's just something about Aubrey that's the only thing that bothered me about Aubrey. I don't know if I, don't know if I want to say it. Maybe there's gonna be a, a little bit of a spoiler right here. Maybe skip a few minutes ahead. But I want to say we'll talk about it for a few minutes that when you meet Aubrey, or when you're talking to Aubrey over the radio, 
maybe I was just paying, I'll say paying too much attention, but it's very clear that Aubrey's a bad guy. Very clear, especially the further you get into it. Like from the get-go, it's like, oh, this guy is bad news. Yeah, he's not. He's a... extremely nice to you when you when you meet him on the radio and want to help you and all this stuff, reading blah, blah, blah. And it's like kind of, oh, I don't know, but it's just like that. Again, it's like Bioshock and what's his name in Bioshock? Um, Who, um, Fontaine or Andrew Ryan? Fontaine's nice, 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 nice. Oops, he's bad. Yeah. And wants to kill you. Uh, Aubrey's the, not not as interesting, but he's the the Fontaine for this. There's a lot of Bioshock stuff in this. There's a boatload of Boat. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even mean to, to do that. There's a boatload of Bioshock references in this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're just it's just all it's just all over it. But uh, Aubrey is the uh, he's the Fontaine dude. I mean, it's just you're supposed to be like surprised, I guess, when he's like he's mad, he's mean, he's mean or bad later. But he it waits because it waits to wait. Like you talked to him throughout the whole game, a large portion of the game, and then all of a sudden he's bad. He's he was the last the, chapter. But he's been like bad all along. He's been like working against you behind the scenes, I guess, in certain certain aspects. Mm-hmm. But he just comes like he just does it to your face finally, and near closer to the end, or just like, yeah, I mean, I know. Uh, yeah, I saw that coming from a mile away. I mean, there's there's I'm one, there's, one there's there's nobody else here for one thing. Exactly. <laughs> just, your sister's not trying to do nothing bad to you, but uh. He did have uh, one of the I don't remember the exact line, but uh, oh, uh, I think I you, you, said, me- you said it was Aubrey and uh, his his best friend Benny. Who Benny's dead, uh, has been dead for a while probably. He's got I guess Benny hanging out in the he's hanging out in the room with Benny. He's in a locked room with the decaying corpse. Uh, earlier in the game, and uh, and uh, Rose is talking to him on the radio, and he's just she's talking, he's talking, he says some things, and she goes, Aubrey, are you okay? And he goes, Rose. Oh, what, what's the line? He's like, Rose. I'm just, I just, I'm scratching my back with my, with my, my best, my dead best friend's hand. I, I don't think I'm okay. I'm, 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 I'm he, messing he, the line the, up. The, the line goes, Rose. I'm currently using my best friend's severed arm as a back scratcher. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she goes, Okay. Oh, oh okay. And it's kind of, <laughs> It got me when it. It's better when it's delivered in the game. It's a good thing. The voice acting was. Yeah, we will say on the great. Yeah, we yeah we will often leave with voice actors. There is four or five voice actors probably. Yeah, and I was trying to look them up just to try to give us a little bit of a like background on them, but they all seem to be a lot of like brand early, new brand like, new people. Like, none of them like this well, is the sometimes big thing. brand new is better. Like you get like it's fun to get into a game and like recognize Crispin Freeman and everybody, you know, all the people we normally know for all the games or Nolan North or you get it's fun to recognize people and stuff like that. But sometimes it's just good just to hear maybe it gives the game a little more uh personality that like, we didn't really that we didn't really not we um I mean a little personality, a little bit it maybe lets you sit in the world a little more I don't know. Again and I, and I love famous voice actors voice actors too so I mean I guess it goes either way but it really fit they all seem like they were like a, a part of the the world I think maybe Rose this voice actress was probably the worst of the month I feel like she had some reading of her lines that just wasn't if I remember correctly it's been a couple of months maybe since we played but Whoa. I feel like she wasn't like maybe at the top of her game the Aubrey voice actor was really good it's funny you're you're saying all this because like their list of credits, uh, the the actress who did Rose has literally done four things. 
Mm-hmm. And those four things have been in the last three years. Yeah. Like she's brand spanking new. And two of them, three of them, I, I don't even know what they are. Yeah. She's cheerleader fun. number one, voice of Megan something. Don't matter. Yeah. We don't know who are. They don't, it don't matter. Yeah. Which is fine. I, I just think maybe, I don't remember not liking her, but I feel like maybe she was the weakest of the bunch. Uh, her sister's voice actress was pretty good. Uh, well, uh, it's funny you mentioned uh, Aubrey, because Aubrey is the one who has the biggest credit line. But one kind of fun thing, his most recent credit was he was Jorgen Winters in Second Extinction. He was the voice of uh, the German sniper. Oh, really? He was the same voice actor, yeah. I would've, we just no way to ever, ever, to ever know that. No, but I thought that was kind of funny. Does characters even talk in Second Extinction? A little bit, I mm-hmm. guess. Speaking of speaking of second extinction, I guess I should say it. I should have said it. I'll say it before. You should apologize. <laughs> no, I might apologize. Uh, you could turn a uh, make a drinking game out of how many times I said the wrong video game in that podcast. The one with, uh, with the last Jared. episode with Jared. We talked, uh, but I, we 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 switched to the game, and I was we went into the edit, and I said second evolution uh, probably over a dozen times. Enough to get you get you drunk. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to this game. Uh, the voice actors help. The voice actors can always help, and voice actors could also hurt a game. Obviously, but I'll take I'll take funny bad voice actors over no voice actors in any 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 day of the week. Yeah, you know, honest, swear, I take it over just reading text. And there's no reason this day and age we should be reading text. I mean, that sounds lazy, but come on, because it it just gives more. I, I get it. We Some, complain every episode about this. I know. I get it, because you're like, oh, if you read it in your head, you get to create your own voice for the character, and it makes it more your character, your experience. But if someone's reading it to you, it becomes everyone gets the same experience. They have the same type, you know, does that make any sense? Everyone has the same type of experience. But I would much rather, because I read. I read I've, I've read in my youth, and I really dig audiobooks. They're wonderful. It's like a, a single voice actor for an entire book. Exactly. In some cases, you get two or a cast. Anyway, yeah. but back to the, let's get back to the game. Yeah. So the game itself isn't very long. Yeah. Uh, it's like what ten chapters, maybe eleven. Yeah. Some chapters are a few minutes long. Yeah. So I, I beat the game in uh, eleven hours. I, f- I forgot to check my clock. Uh, I beat the, the the entire game took me eleven hours, and that was like with dying. And I did use a TA guide for the most part. Uh, but then once I, I didn't, we, I did not get the one K cause there's a, there's a speed run and a no dying achievement. Yeah. Which, which is a double whammy of bad stuff for, for achievements. Yeah. Cause some of the deaths I, I think ha- even, I think even dying in the speed run negates the speed run achievement. Yeah. Cause it, it wasn't proper. It had needs to be properly patched or something, something like that. So yeah, no one K, but no, nah. but it's definitely worth playing. There's a lot of. Are you wrapping up now? No, 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 no. I'm just saying there's a lot of these cool, intricate moments. Like, more than anything, what has actually happened to cause everyone to become dead on the Helios? Cause oh, everyone to become dead? To become dead. They're all murdered. I oh, mean, yeah. Slaughtered. But what what's causing everyone to become dead mm-hmm. is a... Do you want to spoil what they are? Or do you just want to call them creatures? No, we won't spoil. You need to play because it's, it'll take away from the game. I feel like a little bit if you if you know what they are before going in. You have these creatures that kind of look almost like liquors. 
Maybe. Uh, I don't remember what they look like. You, you spend most of the time running from them. You do. They the, the 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 creatures were good. They had interesting sound and good sound cues and like you a good tension building technique. I would yeah. say with when you kind of knew they might show up, but you had no idea when. Like if I open this door or if I'm walking down this. It was set. It was it was more set pieces than it that. was set PC, But you also, I think they were good. Yeah. Back to before the creatures, I said there was a guy with a knife that chases you. Yeah, his name is. Uh, a, I don't know, we could talk about him more because he's really early in the game. I don't even remember remember who is who is who he was. Why he was, is this some crazy guy? His name is Ludwig. Maybe remember, remember Ludwig. Yeah. His name is Ludwig. You, I think Aubrey knows his name. He's like I think that guy is called Ludwig, but why does he know your name? Yeah. And Rose is like I don't know. I've never met the guy, but he somehow knows your name, and frankly. I don't think that mystery is resolved. Is like by the end of it, I think after after everything's said and done, you, you know, you you come to a maybe big it's, maybe maybe it's on a, re- a readable thing somewhere who Ludwig is. Maybe, but I think they are. I think they said they're working on making another one, making right. more. More of this. Mm-hmm. What's that anything to do with Ludwig? Well, maybe because Ludwig's thing is complicated, and maybe he. I don't know. Maybe there's going to be more to it because he worked for uh, he worked on the ship he was one of the super smart scientist people and something happened to him make him snap and maybe they'll talk about it but i'm not entirely sure what more they could do with the sequel but they said that they would if if it went well they do want to make more because they were they were they said the story wasn't technically done yeah Hmm. if it ended there i'm okay with it but they said they could do more and so Ludwig has these, like we said, these chase scenes. Yeah, they're not really different from the what. Like, it's just like a, I said set piece. It's a set piece where you just, he shows up. He's like a small cut scene sometimes, and he's just like, oh, I'm going to get you, or whatever. However he's tired, whatever he says, and yeah. you just you, the camera, your camera will turn. And you just gotta, you just start running, and then that's. And, and it you, does, you, get, you get away, and usually you get away in some sequence of something like you. Oh, fall ju- through something, or you jump somewhere he can't, he won't follow, or he falls in something. It's or just there's always, an explosion behind. Yeah, there's you. no like, there's no puzzle solving to the the encounters. It's just a sprint and find the correct path. Find the correct path. Because I died a bunch of times in my first one. I I didn't die in the other ones, but if you if you're you can't be look you have to you can't be looking in front of you. It's one of the things where you have to look at the foreground. And be like you like you like okay I'm running up this is this stairway hallway stairway hallway and you kind of like and sometimes they have they they cue you with little exit sign little green exit mm-hmm. light so if the you're green, paying the, attention the green lights tell you where to go you can follow I think they, but it, it's subtle I think on one of the I think on one of the later Ludwig encounters it, it it's a it's a lie oh I was really? following the green lights one time and I took a green light right into a door that wouldn't open and I was like. That ain't right, and he just killed me. I was like, I wonder if that's a trick. Like, like you're supposed to get so used to the green, and the game tricks you. That's a possibility. Maybe. So I don't know about that, but uh, I do like games that use things like that. I mean, some games are more obvious than others, but like, you know, you see something that's uh, this uses green lights, like, but they're more, sometimes they're more obvious, sometimes they're more subtle. But it's it is it's the game's designers that get design of the game uh, directing you on the correct path. And it's not like I said. I don't think it was an actual exit. Th- I think all the doors had. Green light for open, red light for closed or locked or whatever. I don't think or you other just, things. yeah, and you just ran through and followed. So I mean, it was a clever use of an already established in-game mechanic, which I applaud. Mm-hmm. 
anytime you want it, you are you set the rules in your world, and you use the rules, and you don't just kind of like, ooh, let's just do this because we can. Mm-hmm. I cool. You make if you, if you make a world, video game, uh, whatever, you make a world, you establish rules, you stick to your rules. Don't just go eh, wishy washy, flimsy whimsy, and just do whatever you want. It it makes for better storytelling when you do. In, when you stay inside the world. Sorry, I didn't mean to like go off on that, but it, it does makes you it makes it better experience for everybody oh. involved. So I think what else, what else there's about what else there's about the game because it's really what, just, it's very story heavy solving with, and finding finding keys and flipping lots of switches and lots of switches. There's environmental hazards which get really tedious at the end. Those the, the Tesla coils yeah they kill you instantly. I could imagine doing that no death run because you just want one, you, st- you step one little inch to the left or right too far and you're instantly killed. I mean, and that has a lot to do with it being a, a smaller studio. Then I guess they didn't have time to, to like critique it because sometimes it's literally it's like you're looking down and you're like, I'm nowhere close to this thing, but you take one slight step forward and you die. Like they didn't have the enough, they didn't narrow these maybe, death maybe, windows. Maybe that's how they wanted it. Who knows? Maybe. But. I was say I, figured, I should have said it earlier when we talk about the graphics and stuff. But I was say we talk about how usually usually with the studio, uh, more money equals better graphics, and a lot a lot of indie studios you don't get you don't get top of the line visuals and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if it's the skill of the developers or if there's some money behind the scenes that I don't know about. But this game does look incredibly good for an indie game, v- visually speaking, like the graphics and stuff, the way the the design or everything. Well, not just the design, because the design's just architecture. Like, you can make architecture look great with shitty graphics. Yeah. But, um, which is also great, too. The game has really nice, like, a, a style of its own. But, uh, but visually speaking, I forget if it runs on the Unreal or not, but, uh, what what games don't? It's yeah. Unreal or, I forget the other one. But, uh, the game looks awesome. And I was, like, like, ple- like I'll say pleasantly surprised. Like, 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 literally, like, surprised when the, from the initial turning on of the game, I was like, "Whoa, this is pretty." This looks yeah. really good, and any games don't ever look like don't ever look like this. I wonder. It is like I said earlier. It, it, they're they're Italian, and and I know that some countries do give funding to entertainment things, entertainment endeavors. Yeah. Endeavors. I know, like a lot of people get tax breaks and stuff when they film up in Canada. That's why. Sweet. Yeah, that's like like ninety percent of shows you watch are filmed in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, you or tax like, breaks. Yeah, you get all these tax breaks, and like, that's one of the things for I think Walking Dead being filmed strictly in Georgia and only Georgia. It got a massive uptick, and like you know, because they filmed yeah. on. Like, so, and I think other foreign countries will give you deals like that. Because I know, Maybe. but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't who knows? Because if it was money, or if it was just they're really good at using that engine. Yeah. Or what? I mean, the game, the game, they they could have made that, they could have made the exact same game, and it looked nowhere near. They put time and effort, and and, and there's skill involved in making a game look a certain way. And I think there was a talented studio. They also got kind of lucky with it being a ship. They were able to reuse a lot of assets without it looking out of place, like in some games. Yeah, maybe. Like, you know, reusing the same hallway, but it's like, oh, let's put some blood splatter on this wall. Or, you know, this whole... It could have been that and the game not being, like, open world. Like, you could condense the size. Now, granted, there's open world games now that look insane. But um, smaller games make for higher fidelity and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. I take quality over quantity any day. Oh, yeah. It got any day. Quality. Um, 
Anyway, I'm mean, going to go backwards that far. We really mentioned the, we mentioned it was going for realistic. We didn't mention the, how actually really good the game actually looks um, while playing. The only – there's one thing that I kind of wish it did, but I don't think it ever really does. There's no – which I, I, I'm, like, upset that it didn't do it, but I'm also kind of glad it didn't do it, is I don't remember there being a lot of, like, water. For, for, being on a, for being on a boat. Yeah, I, I, I get it. If, if water on a boat, that's a bad thing. You're sinking. <laughs> but there could have been at one point where, like, there's, there's got to be some scientists. Some water, uh, when, when, in the engine part, I think you're in. Because I, I wanted to say, because it kind of along along the lines of a, like added development thing that they didn't have to do. Like, I thought when she walked to the dead bodies and she'll, she'll fan her, she'll go, ugh. Oh, yeah. She'll fan. There's this part closer, when you're closer down to the engine area, and you walk down into to water. This the first time you walk into water. She she'll raise her arm. You can see it when you're, you're in first person. Yeah. She'll raise her arms up. And she goes, "Ooh, cold." Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Those. I think that's like after yeah. your first Ludwig chase. It's, it's pretty close to and that. You're going to the engine. She'll she'll, and, she'll yeah. do that. And she'll ooh. You know, and it's cool. It's, it's an added little, yeah, little bit of to a little, a little a nice little touch that not even not even and not even. It's such a rare kind of thing that I, I, you notice it in that kind of game. You know, you're like, don't, you don't, people don't put this in video games usually. And I think there were a few uh, bodies in that water that you hit the bodies and the bodies bounced off you and floated away in the little yeah. puddle. I do remember that. Well, yeah. It's not like, but there's no, well, that's a spoiler to say, there's no like running from a flood scenes. Or like raising the water level puzzles, I don't think. There's, there none, of that. there's none of that kind of stuff. I mean, like, in this entire ship, there wasn't one person working in some sort of aquarium or some sort of, like, water thing. There was no, I don't know if you see a fish in this game. You see some birds somehow. Yeah. I don't think you ever see, you see a fish in this entire but game. I get it. I mean, water complicates things. There's a whole uh, other part of it, and you have to, like, oh, it might, I move slow underwater. I move faster underwater. You know, you have to add yeah. this whole other. If you want water, you play Soma. Yeah. Episode one or two of the podcast. But that's just one thing that I was kind of like, I would have liked at least one, like, kind of like swim through some pipes or just one. I'm not saying something. Because sometimes that's the most annoying part in the game where, like, oh, these underwater scenes, they suck. But I'm like, just one? Just something. You know, it would have been different than w- running around the ship, flipping switches, puzzle solving. But just. Yeah, you, just, you, go, you go from one end of the ship to the other, basically, going through all the different uh, environments and areas. But all in all. <laughs> I liked it. You yeah, we played it all the way through. Like in a, in a, in a time in our lives, our gaming lives, where uh, I mentioned earlier, we don't like something, it doesn't get turned back on. Period. You know, we we play a game all the way through. In our opinion, obviously, if we played all the way through, it's worth playing. And I did play longer than Drew did because I missed a few collectibles. He went back for them, and I went back and got them. So I got the on, the literally the only achievements I was missing. Was death and speed run? No, yeah, speed run and no death. And you, you didn't get all the collectibles. I don't think. I didn't so go I, back. Did, did we do Call of the Sea on the podcast? The last episode. Yeah, episode four. Oh, last. Yeah, forty nine was Call of the Sea. That was the whole thing where you went back for collectibles and that too. And, I, and once I, so something goes wrong in a guide or I just ain't going the right way. I don't think there was a TA guide for call, for Close to the Sun. Actually, not to mention it. I thought there was. Was there not? I remember looking for collectibles. Because I remember looking for collectibles kind of blindly in this. Okay. So maybe I, had to point, remember I, pointed out, I pointed out that one that they hide on the Ludwig Chase. 
where the game kind of missed the game where Logwood chases you into this series of hallways. That's right. And I told you, I was like, I was like, you're actually, I mean, I mean, you're safe. Seeing seeing outside the wall of the game, you're actually completely safe. You're actually safe for a minute to work. And I went and I I didn't, I didn't go that one way for a collectible. I didn't have a guide. I I was just looking around. Okay. Yeah. So I think we didn't. The game is so small and unknown. You get real, really, really small games. You don't really get guides. It's hard to find a good guide for them. I wasn't following a guide, but I, I didn't go back for the, uh, collectibles like this. I don't tend to go back for anymore. I would back in the day. I'd get every achievement possible. And I was really, really sick in the head about it. I, but, but I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go back. If, if I, if it ain't going to lead me to getting the, all the achievements, I'm not going to go back. I would go back if it was something easy. Like it literally, like you can sprint through, get this. As soon as you pick it up, the game auto saves and you quit out. It's yeah. not like you had to like play to the next save point. Like sometimes you have to pick up a collectible and play to the next auto save and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not doing. Sometimes that. you got to play the entire game all the way. Exactly. Anyway. But this had chapter skip, and I was like, I'll try. You know, I'll try to clean up a little bit. I think that's why mine was a little longer than yours. I don't know what my game time was actually, but uh, I didn't enjoy it all the way through. Um, it's a, it's again, it's a short game, but maybe too long. Yeah, the story it, it was trying to tell. It could have trimmed up the edges a little. Like, it, like there's some there's some meat in the middle. It didn't really need. Well, my thing is still about the whole Ludwig thing. Like, it doesn't make any sense. There's a crazy dude chasing. We, you. we, we, we might have just not read reading all the things you pick up. There's so many mm-hmm. things to pick up. I'm just we, we talked about it on the podcast before. I'm not reading this crap. Yeah, especially in a game that already had voice acting. Have them read it to me. Yeah, <laughs> or something. If you, care, if you care enough, they'll read it. Maybe a little bit explained because I feel like he maybe should have been. He should have, he's kind of just he kind of he's kind of there in the beginning and then like then he's just I'll say I say he's just gone. There's some scenario stuff, and you kind of worry about him again and then all the, then the monster stuff. We're not gonna get to the, the, the why the monsters are there because you if you play a game like this you're playing for the story really more than there's some puzzle solving. People like puzzles, some light puzzle solving, but it's mostly exploring and figuring out what's going on. I'm trying to find your sister. Yeah, you're trying to find Ada and everything, which and leads to a interesting scene when you when you finally get to your sister. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, one of the uh, better scenes actually in the game. In the game, it's got good stuff going on. It's a really really good scene when you when you get to your maybe spoilers even saying you you find your sister, but the whole game's about it. So why wouldn't you? Yeah, but anyway, uh, it is not. On Game Pass, this was a, a GameFly game. A strictly GameFly. Yeah, game. I, I, this is one of my favorite things about. Now, I didn't love this game, but one of my favorite things about GameFly is getting a game like this and it being something that nobody's heard of, and it's being yeah. on my GameFly. It's one of the kind of stuff I love for this podcast. Is something you there's be probably nobody on this pod listening to this podcast has even heard of this game. Mm-hmm. There's no publicity for it. There's no nobody pushing it. There's no nothing for this game anywhere. I mean, I looked around. It's got some few reviews and stuff like that on the uh I I like getting off on some of the uh lesser known getting off Ugh. you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> so but, yeah go ahead yeah but just the, the lesser known quantities and just you know being a you know hey it's you know play it. it's not you know and just yeah. being being cuz everyone needs stuff to be talked about this game it's not the greatest thing I've ever played, but it's worth playing. It, need, it should be it should be talked about for you know giving all it's got, mm-hmm. but it, chances are it, it's it's not Call of Duty, so people don't care. Yeah. 
I don't think the folks who even play Call of Duty care about Call of Duty. No, not really. Um, the last thing, you got anything else for this? No, no, no. Um, the last thing I want to mention for this, and I, uh, I will have already uh, played it. I would have played it when Blake mentioned the game. Is this game actually has an original song uh, written for it by a band, a band that I don't know. More of a seems like a. I looked up. I forget. I forgot to look them up. More of a synth kind of light rock kind of band mm-hmm. called Porcelain Peel, and they wrote an actual. I don't. I don't know how they gotten got in contact with or anything like that. But they wrote a. They wrote a song called Close to the Sun. That's for this game. It plays. Uh, it plays in the credits. It's a full blown. It's like three and a half minute song. I've played. You've already heard it. I've played the entire. I already planned. I've already got it. Found it, and I've, I plan to play it when Blake intros the game. Are you gonna play it in its entirety? Who? They've already heard it by now. It doesn't matter oh. how, what I play, how I play it, but they've already heard it but anyway. I'm just asking. Mind your own business. What I do when I editing. Sorry, but, but, uh, but anyway, regardless of the popularity of a band or the kind of music, whether I like it or not, the song is. Uh, Fitting. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the song or not. I'll play it for you. I briefly do. I might play it for you. I can can play it off the computer. I'll play it for you after the podcast. But it it fits uh, as the credits start rolling and the song starts playing. And it's cool. The coolest part is it's it's written. You listen to the lyrics and stuff like that. It's it's, it's about the game. It's pretty cool. I wonder if someone knew someone. Who knows? But you don't ever get that with video. Hardly ever get that with video games. Like It's so rare. It's still pretty cool. You get licensed music in games, but they're never about the game. Mm. Trying to think of like we've had a because f- some of the lighter stuff we've done uh backwood crossing blackwood crossing they had the song crossings that it was wrote for was that wrote for or just it was wrote to... for the song for the yeah. game and yeah. that's the only one I can think of off the top we of my had head. the uh, again call the sea but that was a cover with the two voice actors did the yeah cover the good old one, pal so. good old pal anyway cool stuff cool little cool little music thing. I'll play. You've already you've already heard it, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. And it kind of sets up the mood. I think of the game. The, the game, the mood. The general mood is death and dreary for the whole place. Oh, yeah. The the song's pretty cool. I like it for not to not be the kind of music I listen to. It's still uh, pretty interesting. And I'll have their their name and stuff will be in the. I might link to their Spotify page in the show notes if you want to yeah. see if you, if you like the sound of that song. You might you might like something else, other things that that band does. I think I said their name, Porcelain Peel. When I found the song, I think it's one guy actually. I forget. I, I don't remember his name. I think Porcelain Peel is like a, like a prod. It's like a one guy who does all, does all the instruments and the electronic stuff and puts it all together. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> it's cool. You, you, you yeah. it's cool. You don't ever get that kind of stuff. No, you don't. Um, so, uh, a shorter game. If you uh, game fly, game fly. If you have game fly. Mm, uh, if you, uh, like I said, it was about. It'd be a great Game Pass game, but I mean, who, how, who knows? I mean, how do you get on Game Pass? Who knows? Uh, if you want to support the developer, fifteen dollars. Yeah, if you could find it for somewhere, it definitely. I mean, see, it definitely ain't worth sixty. But I guess no, you know, indie, indie developers don't ever put their games out that high. I'd say it. I would. I would be surprised if it, if it's def, if it's base price, it's like retail 15. price was fifteen dollars, forty ninety nine. Yeah, I could, I could, I could if anywhere uh, twenty or below. Okay, gotta up me five dollars, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, for a ten, fifteen hour, you know, you go real slow, maybe fifteen hour experience, mm-hmm. or and you get the replay value of trying to get the speed run. 
Good luck with that. Some miss. people dig the challenge. I did not my Yeah. Country. So anyway, uh, I think it's a cool game. Uh, definitely worth playing. If you're a Bioshock fan, I mean, you'll you'll get you'll see all, you get all the. I'll say not, it's not even references. It is just what the game is. It's clearly designed by people who liked Bioshock. It's really cool. Is it more uh, uh, an homage? Homage, I guess. More homage is a Bioshock. Of a yeah. Referency. Yeah. So that's all I got for that. You got anything else for Close to the Sun? Mm-mm. No? I'm good on it. All right. Then the last thing we'll do here is Blake's going to try to sell you on a movie without spoiling it. And I remind you here again, if you want to hear Blake talk openly about movies, try our other podcast, Action, the movie podcast with him and Steve where Blake won't. As we, as you've seen us on this podcast, Blake dance around spoilers as much as possible. Uh, the other podcast is supposed to be where you hopefully have already watched the movie, and then you hear two, hear two people who love movies talk about a movie. You can engage in con, in, engage in the conversation too. Exactly. So let's go back to our format for this podcast, where Blake tries to sell you a movie without spoiling it. All right. All right. All right. So the movie I'm going to be talking about this time, hopefully I'll pique your interest enough so you'll give it a gander, uh, is called Free Fire. Now, it, it was originally put out uh, on the Toronto International Film Festival. It was originally what it debuted in uh, September 8th, 2016. And then, you know, through negotiations, that the other, and then it finally got released in theaters uh, I think it was only a release in the UK, which I thought was kind of strange. I didn't see that it got like an international releasing, like for theater wise. It got distributed, of course, but it was released in the UK March 31st, 2017, in UK theaters. Hmm. Now, it's uh, written and directed by a gentleman named Ben Wheatley, and he's done a couple of a couple of things. Uh, one thing hmm. called High Rise, and it's a what do you call it? It was like a uh, sci-fi drama, mm-hmm. uh, oddly enough, starring Tom uh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, Loki. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I was like, I, oh. yeah, who he is? Obviously. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I I'll give that a whirl. That seems like it could be pretty cool because I like the actor enough. I like the I don't know what the concept is, but based off this guy's repertoire and stuff that I want to see, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, I doubt he makes too many movies like Free Fire. <laughs> True. But his couple other things is he was responsible for uh, an ABC's of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, U is for unearthed. It's been years since we watched that. I know, but I remember it's the one which I'll bring up because he apparently really likes to work with this actor because he appears in this movie. He's a guy who we've spoken about in another movie, uh, Michael Smiley. Tires. Oh, yeah, Michael Smiley. Cause he, he, was he, a, he was in ABC's of Death? Yeah, he was in Ewan's for Unearthed. He's one oh. of the guys who unearths the thing. Okay, cool. Because cool, cool. the whole Unearthed thing is filmed in, from the first person view of the monster, and it's chasing yeah, him Yeah, you had now. him, and recently was in, we did Come to Daddy. Come to Daddy. Yeah. Come, and we were like, but the other cool thing is this guy also wrote, directed, and produced Kill List. Which we have been recommended. And we need to. To us. Multiple by times. By your other podcast buddy Steve and his brother Jeff on and, uh, recommended it to us and we ended up buying it somewhere or bought a still book that came this is nonsense but the still book came with a region locked blu-ray yeah so <laughs> I haven't watched Kill List yet but I want to because based off Free Fire 
the people who've recommended it and you for Unearth. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's great. Yeah, we, to we've already it. told you it's great. So, and the other thing, uh, he is attached to it to direct, be directing it, and it's supposed to start filming January 2022. Is the Meg Two, the Trench? He's doing. He's doing. So, so okay. One. So the original director for the Meg isn't doing Meg Two. They got this guy instead. This guy's is yeah. It's called Meg Two, the Trench. Writer, writer, and directing. Uh, as far as I know, he's just directing. Oh, okay, because his writing is his writing he's, is great in Free yeah. Fire. So, but he might mean be, being a director. He still might be able to add in a couple of things. I, I guess I'm sort of glad there's another Meg movie. And they did say that they do want to have some levity, but they are aiming for a darker tone. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's... Meg it's, wasn't, it wasn't really scary, per se. No, it was it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. But as far as I can tell, everyone's coming back. It's Statham, uh, all the, everyone's coming back, so... That little, little dog. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll give her a starring role. Yeah. But That's I, cool. So is it, um... At least that he's, he's been attached to direct, are we... Is this is this hopes and dreams, or is he, or is this in pre-production? He's attached. It, 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 they start filming January twenty twenty-two. Sweet, so it's so most likely going to happen. Yeah, because I think they have to wait for Statham to finish up with some other stuff, more than anything. Yeah, what, what else would he be doing right now? I'm assuming Hobbs and Shaw too, probably, because that's being worked on. Maybe either that or he's the fastest. He just put out Man of War too. Mm-hmm. Man of War. Hmm. An old Statham. Statham, you got to put the accent in it. Statham, anyway. But so they're working on that, and in everything he's done, uh, including this, his co-writer is his wife Amy Jump. So she's also helped him write everything. So I, I wanted to throw that out there. I don't want. I didn't want to leave her out, but everything they've done together, she's helped him do. Yeah. So they're a good tag team. Now, how to explain this movie? <laughs> I mean, simply enough, it's a, is it, is it drugs? I don't remember. Is it, uh, is it's it, is, guns. Is it, so it's, it's a gun deal that goes sideways, and everybody, weirdly enough, that's involved knows everybody else, and the deal goes sideways, and it turns into uh, where everybody gets a gun and starts shooting at everybody, and it's mostly, the whole movie, it sounds dumb, but it's mostly people shooting at each other and arguing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, that sounds like a dumb premise, but it's actually, it, it's where writing comes into play. And then uh, the phenomenal cast, which you haven't really got into the cast so much. One of, my, one of my favorite kind of, I don't call him an indie actor. He's, he's done too many big things. One of my favorite quote unquote indie actors uh, is in this. And then uh, it is full of just other people who, some people who've gotten uh, bigger. Well, one person, I guess. Uh, she's gotten bigger post this movie, and a, it's just a bunch of names that you can kind of bang through. I'll shoot through somewhat rapidly, but you, you want to lead with my, you know, you know, you know oh yeah, my, I'll, you, I'll save him my... for a little bit later because I've already spoiled one of them. I'll talk about him real quick. Yeah, uh, we absolutely adore Michael Smiley. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He he's he a, appears in every uh, Edgar Wright movie. Uh, well, every probably. Simon Pegg movie. Yeah. Oh no, no, you're right. yeah Edgar Wright movie because he appears in the uh, Blood and. Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, as well as uh, Spaced, which is also Edgar Wright. I wonder if he was in Baby Driver. He may have been. Anyway, I don't know. But then he also he was in Come to Daddy, and mm-hmm. he's in uh, Kill List, and so he's and he's a he's a really good actor too. Yeah. And he was in a couple episodes of Black Mirror. 
at least one that I can remember. He was a, he was like the director coordinator behind yeah, this yeah. weird facade, but he's a really good actor. So I definitely look forward to seeing him play like some antagonistic stuff as in, in Kill List when when we get around to it. And he was hilarious. And well, uh, he, he was a bad guy. Come to daddy. Yeah, but I think he's a little more like evil in Kill List. Okay, maybe I don't know. So Michael Smiley, wonderful actor. Can't wait to see him. Uh, another guy who's in this movie who's actually on a previous movie. Uh, Cillian Murphy. Oh yeah, he's a, he's in this movie, and uh, we spoke about him. Yeah, Peaky Blinders, Quiet Place Two, In Time, which is the movie I spoke about, and he plays Scarecrow in, in Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. plethora of other things. Yeah, been a lot of it before there. But yeah, I yeah. think his face got really out there with the Batman's. And then more, I think the one you're really interested in, who I absolutely adore, is uh, Charlto Co- Copley. Is it Copley or Copley? I think it's Copley. Charlotte Copley. I absolutely love this guy. He is phenomenal. He got his start in, uh, what's his name? Neil Blomkamp's mm-hmm. uh, District 9. Mm-hmm. And then the lead Neil, role. And then Neil Blomkamp's uh, Elysium. Which he was a, an insane bad guy in that an one. An insane assassin. Yeah. And then Neil Blomkamp's uh, Chappie, where he played the titular Chappie. He motion cap and voice work. And voice work for Chappie. Now, some other things, uh, I think it was a German-slash-American film and was called Hardcore Henry, mm-hmm. and he was the one of... The only, only movie that ever made me nauseous because that entire movie was filmed in first person. Yeah. Like, I actually, it, actually it, got nauseous in theaters because I, I get motion sick a little bit, but uh, that I got a little... That movie is in first person. It's a really cool movie. And he is hilarious. He's, <laughs> he's Jimmy? A, yeah, he's incredible in that movie. He's the best part that... The movie Seeing is Seeing him is almost more entertaining than the fact that that movie's in first person. Like, it's just like, he's just, man, I already said, I, we, we, we gush, but I already love him. And I think there was an, uh, when, and there was, there was an A-Team movie remake with Liam Neeson yeah. and a few this people. before all that, I think, though. It's shortly after. Shortly, after District 9, at least. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he got to play H.M. Uh, Murdoch, Howlin' Mad Murdoch. He was mm-hmm. their pilot. And for two seasons on PlayStation only, he got to be in the comic book, the live action adaptation of the comic book Powers, and he was Christian Powers. Mm-hmm. Which I bring that up because one of the other movie actors in this is a dude named Trevor Noah, who was uh, Johnny Bubble, who would pop in Powers. The guy oh, who really? Delibo- they were both in the movie together. He was one of his henchmen, actually. He would pop away body parts. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, we won't talk about that just yet, but yes. Uh, so Charlotte Copley is a wonderful, wonderful yeah. actor, and he I actually has, he actually has a list of things, a couple of things, like Open Grave and stuff like that. Which mm-hmm. we, we we haven't, I think it's called Open Grave. We haven't, we haven't seen it where he literally all knows the premise is he wakes up like with no memories in an open grave, buried in bodies, and digs his way out. Who knows what happens? I want to see that. I'm sure Charlotte has a whole list of movies we haven't we haven't got a chance to see. He's a because he's a what's he it? just does a kind South, of whatever. Yeah, and he could have some because he's South African. He can have other. South Africa, is that right? South, South Africa. Africa. So he could be have all kinds of stuff, and maybe other Neil Blomkamp stuff he's done that we just haven't got a chance to see, or yeah. some things that might, who, who knows? But I, it's a, he's he's for me. He was the I'm so I smile every time I see him in something. And he, big old grin. I, was like, I can't wait to see what he's going to do in this movie. And I, he, he never plays a normal person. No, he's not normal in this neither. No, but and now uh, the final big reveal, and I have another. There's, there's two. Who's the other one? Army Hammer? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to talk about him too, but I don't know too much about him. Really, I only know like two things he was this in. This terrible name. This is his, this is his name. Yeah, well, Army Hammer. Yeah, Army Hammer. He is in that the Lone Ranger, the Disney Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp. He's the Lone Ranger. Yeah, he does a good job, and he I think he's in that Man from Uncle. Probably. He's a he's the co-star along Henry Cavill in uh, Man oh. from Uncle, another Guy Ritchie film. Which we we need to watch. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I have nothing against him, but some of the other stuff he's played in I just it's not my cup of tea. But okay. I I didn't hate Lone Ranger and I'm sure I'll love He's good in this. Yeah, hell he's yeah, he's really good in this. And the final one is uh Brie Larson. Who some of you may know from her role in United States of Terror. <laughs> she plays uh Tony Collette's daughter, and she because of her, I now know the term dogs in a bathtub. And it is hilarious, and I go out of my way to show people that Urban Dictionary uh, definition all the time. Yeah, look that up. Yeah, dogs in a bathtub. You'll get a kick out of it. Uh, she's also in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, another Edgar Wright oh, uh, yeah. alumnus. Alum, is that, yeah, alumnus. God, I love and that. So she, yeah, she plays Envy. Yeah. Envy Adams or whatever yeah, her name is. I remember, is. yeah. And she's also as soon as in... She said she was, she, I pictured her face in the movie as soon as she said it. And she's also... Again, oddly enough, another Tom Hiddleston connection. She is in Skull Island with Tom Hiddleston and Samuel Jackson, Kong Skull Island. She's in Skull Island? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the only girl in Skull Island. <laughs> That's funny. I don't remember. I'll just say, nicest way possible, nothing personal. I'm really not a Brie Larson fan. I don't think she's that good of an actress. I don't know if I'm alone in this. I don't think she's charismatic. I don't think she's much to, I mean, I, I'll say much to look at, but I don't think there's nothing about her that just, I don't know. She's not very, very interesting. She'll hold a, a place in my heart for United States of Terror because dog's in a bathtub and she's really funny and she's, she's good in, uh, as envy for the what little time she has on screen in that. Yeah. I don't hate her. Yeah. I just don't think she's the, and like I said, Captain Marvel, I'll, I'll get yelled at, was a good movie. But it wasn't as great as everyone made it out to be. It was a decent movie. I think Captain Marvel was a big old pile of Marvel garbage. But I think it was. <laughs> well, let's, let's just not, not hit, not technically her fault, but as a the beginning of, not say the beginning, but a piece of a bunch of uh, when Marvel movies got started turning really, really crappy. Yeah. But, but anyway, let's, this is a Marvel podcast. Mm-hmm. Brie Larson, the last one. Yeah, she's the last one. Like he's she's the, good. I think. Does she have any funny lines in this? She's, I think, I know she's screaming, screaming and cussing at people and getting. Everyone's shit. got funny lines in this movie. It's yeah. ridiculous. So like, all I'm going to do is give a quick, brief breakdown of like the opening scenario. I mean, it's really just. I mean, it's two groups of people there for a gun deal. But there's reasons why it goes south. Well, you leave that to the movie. All you got to know is that. The whole movie's in this warehouse. Yeah. The gun deal goes sour. Basically, I think the the the, the gun deal goes sour because they all know each other. Mm-hmm. They start arguing, and if somebody shoots at somebody, they're like, "What the?" You know, and they start shooting back and forth. They're like, "You shoot at me? Don't shoot at me!" You know, I'll, you know, I'll kill you. And they start start <laughs> shooting. It's just shooting. It's I mean, the movie is shooting and arguing in its best form. The movie knows exactly what it is mm-hmm. and wastes no time getting to it. Mm-hmm. It's called Free Fire. And you spend maybe the first five, maybe ten minutes outside the warehouse. 
And then once you go into the warehouse and everything starts happening, you never step foot outside that warehouse again. Yeah. I think the, it's still kind of, I think the whole movie was like three and a half million dollars and that was it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that was mostly paying the people because they just stayed inside. It's not like they had to wait for time of day or anything. They just stayed inside the warehouse. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think there's much more you need to say beyond the cast and what, what the idea of the movie is. If you want, if you want a great, I wouldn't even call it. It's not even really an action movie. It's more of a. It's more of a comedy. It's a, it's a uh, the the term according to Wikipedia was a British black action comedy. Yeah, I say it's only action because there's guns involved. There's, yeah. there's, there's not big. There's not big stunts. There's not big. It's 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 what's going to get you is the dialogue, and just the 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 kind of the piling on of like the circumstances of everything, but they are in a giant warehouse filled with, it's, it's an abandoned warehouse filled with, you know, rusted out steel and cinder blocks and people sometimes blind firing. Yeah. So bullets tend to ricochet off stone and metal. So there's a bunch of ricocheting bullets and people, it's like people sometimes accidentally friendly firing on their own, their own people. people. Oh yeah. <laughs> or sometimes people shooting themselves by accident with a ricochet bullet. Yeah. And the, it's, it's not a spoiler to say that everybody gets shot. Every, every <laughs> single person in this movie has multiple gun wounds. Probably, yeah, multiple at least. Like, some of them lethal, some not. I'm not going to say who, what, but everybody in this movie gets shot. Gets shot. And it's not even just a graze. Some, I'm talking, oh, I got bullet in my arm, bullet in my... They, they are shot. Yeah. But, man. But yeah. one of the best things is because, you said, some of these people do know one another from past because it's it's like a an Irish gang, a uh an intermediary who sells who's trying to introduce the guns, then some like ex hitmen who are trying to buy it's just a bunch of people who accidentally know each other from the underworld. And they're like, Hey Billy, what are you doing, man? We had drinks last week. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. And they're having these yelling matches but it's hilarious because you'll see people shooting every, and then everything will quiet down because everyone's got to reload and you hear a bunch of shells and everything falling out and people start yelling at one another across from behind cover. And it's it is a truly fun movie that knows exactly what it is. Like I said earlier, it knows exactly what it is and wastes no time getting to it. The entire runtime, credits included, is 90 minutes. So the movie itself is probably like 183 or even 180. I think it gets like an all, hour. I think it gets or not one eighty, but think, I don't think it eighty wears, minutes. I don't think it wears out its welcome at all. I think, it, like you said, it gets right to the point, gets through it, and gets you out before you get tired of what's going on. And all the actors are hilarious. Uh, Charlotte Cop- Copley is he's, he's he's my star of the movie. He's definitely the weirdest character, hands down. Because I think he has they have a massive mustache in this movie. Well, because the the movie takes place in 1978, so everyone's got these gaudy clothes. But there's a real funny thing because like it's Irish and British. Uh, like I said, it's a it's a British movie. Yeah, he's South. He's actually putting on a different accent. I think cause he's well, South African. He has a very strong South African accent. Well, they make a joke because I think it it plays to his character because his character is just crazy, coked up, just whoa, like mm-hmm. out of their guy. But I think like. Every other scene, he changes his accent, <laughs> and they make a point of going, "Where is this guy from?" <laughs> and the guy, and one of the guys, like, "He's my boss, and I got no idea." <laughs> but like, he changes his because they make a point of like, like being self-aware. It's like, 
where is he from? Where are you from? He's like, I'm from all around, man. And he, 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 he literally jumps from South African to British to American back to South. They have no idea where it's from. Yeah, it's incredible. He's a wonderful actor. I'll, I'll gush over Shalto all day long. Yeah. The well, movie is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, please, 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 uh, if you get a chance, uh, I, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I, uh, we saw it. Well, like on Hulu, I own. I own. I, I bought a still book of it. Yeah, you own it. I can look real fast. I've, have we ever mentioned the app on the podcast? Uh, I think we've done it once or twice. There's a really. We will go ahead and we'll plug it. We're not getting. We'll get paid for it or anything, obviously, because who cares? But uh, there is a really cool app you can get called Just Watch, and you just look up movies on it, and it tells you uh, which streaming services they're currently playing on. And Free Fire is currently on Netflix. Oh, it's on. Oh, fan, yeah. So please. App, how long did it take me that whole sentence to figure out where the Free Fire was yeah, playing? Yeah, three seconds. Uh, but you can look at, you can get an account and tell the the app what services you have, and it'll tell you where to do. And it also tells you where you can rent it from other you know other places too. But anyway, super fun movie uh, on currently on Netflix as of the release of this podcast, or just go buy it. It's worth definitely worth owning. We'll be safe for this podcast. I think we forgot a couple of times, but don't watch trailers. Yeah, you don't even have to watch the trailer for this. What the trailer for this would do would just show you a bunch of folks shooting and yelling at each other, which we already told you is what the movie is. The experience of the movie is the dialogue itself and what everything else that's going on. It's not about like trailer. The trailer will be like it might. I didn't watch the trailer. I don't even know. Trailer would be like it'd be like bang bang bang, and somebody will say something funny and out of context. You'd be like, "Oh, that was funny." Skip the trailer. Don't watch anything out of context. Don't stop watching trailers, people. It ain't hard to stop watching them. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Uh, uh, for uh, you got anything else for the movie? I'll, I'll finish. I figure I'll finish it with the tagline. Oh, you got a tagline? Yeah. Um, where you? I'll let you. I'll let you have the last word. You can wrap up. Again, I'll say, uh, find us on all our internet, internet things. We're all we're all over the internet. All the links to everything I mentioned are way too long on the front end. All the links will be in the show notes as long as I do my job correctly and put them all in there. Uh, find us. Write to I mean, write to us anything. I think we have if we if we ever anybody would ever write in their thoughts on the game. We we want we love for somebody to play one of these off games like. And have a cool experience with a game that we've talked like a weird off the wall game we've talked about. Closest Sun's not really weird, but it's it's unknown. If you have an experience with one of these games that we've talked about, and write into it. If it's something, I mean, I'll, I'll read I'll read it on the podcast. Yeah. I don't I don't care if it's a, a neat little story. I'll read it on the end somewhere around here or something like that. So if you got any cool stories or about a podcast, a podcast, uh, a band, a game, a movie, anything, but you talk about anything cool like that, we're totally open to it. You know, have a we have we have listeners. We know you are listening. Don't be scared to write in with your thoughts and things like that. Write in with thoughts about us. Say Blake talks too loud or something. I don't know. Or I talk too low. Are you like your your story sucked because it was written in the second person perspective and I found it yeah, confusing. Yeah, write write a live review. A live write a review to his story to in our email and I'll read it on the I'll read it on the podcast. I won't even tell Blake what it says. I'll read it to him. I'll read it to him live. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> a fun surprise. Yeah, tell to him. Devastate me. What's the old saying? 
sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will hurt forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. Internet stuff. We're always on there. Come watch us play games. Come hang out. Take part in this stuff. Get into some of these cool games. There's cool games out there that I guess they aren't. That we always we always harp on Call of Duty and everything. All these these mainstream triple A's. There's other we we play that stuff, but there's also other stuff out there. Play other things. Watch these off the wall movies we pick out. You know, listen to these bands. That's all I got. We're, we try to we try to give everybody cool, interesting things. That's the whole idea of this podcast. So that's all I've got. I will catch you guys on the next episode which I think we've decided what to do, but we're not going to tell you now. And without any further ado, free fire, all guns, no control. And I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.